and welcome to the Rob Burgess Show. I am, of course, your host, Rob Burgess. It's episode 100. What? First up is me. My first solo episode of the podcast was episode 41, the second was episode 62, and the third was episode 84. I am an eight-time award-winning journalist whose work has appeared in print, radio, online, and television. I am the managing editor of the Indiana Lawyer. I have previously worked as city editor slash opinion page editor slash editorial board member at the Kokomo Tribune, and before that as a reporter at WFHB, Times Mail, The Reporter Times, Ukiah Daily Journal, Ukiah Valley Television, and Nouveau Newsweekly. Oh yeah, and I am also the proprietor of the podcast, The Rob Burgess Show. And then, in a surprising twist, Ash will flip the tables and interview me. You first heard Ash Burgess on episodes 16, 26, 27, 39, 58, 63, 77, 86, 91, and episode 82, which also featured regular guest Jonathan Fowler of the podcast. Ash Burgess has a dusty degree in religious studies, an obsession with pineapples, and an appetite for both high and low culture. She cuts her own hair, bakes her own sourdough bread, and spends most of her time at home with her young son, and now also her young daughter. Sometimes she blogs at burgessbaby.blogspot.com. And now on to the show. Hello and welcome to the Rob Burgess Show 100th episode. Never thought that I would make 100 of these. Uh, so I'm very excited to be at 100. So I think the first thing you should do if if you like the show is that you should like it on Facebook. That's one thing. So we're at 98 followers right now. It'd be great to get to 100, I'm not going to lie. Two more people could make that happen. So <laughs> I think that's a totally attainable goal. Um, on Twitter, see, okay, Twitter, I'm conflicted because, okay, I was following apparently too many people. I followed 5,001 people. It was supposed to be 5,000 was the limit, but somehow I got to follow 5,001 and I couldn't follow anyone else anymore. So I was limited. Um, because generally I will follow anyone that interacts in any way with the Twitter account. So if you, you like something, you retweet something, you put me on a list, uh, you follow me, you make yourself known in any way to me, I will follow you on, on Twitter. That's generally how I do. I'm pretty generous about it. Therefore, I have a lot more people that I follow than, but I had made it to, I think the highest was 1,091 thereabouts. So, <laughs> so I get to 5,000 followers that I'm following accounts, 5001, and they stop me. I can't, so I'm stuck. Because, like, sometimes the only way to get people to follow you is that you have to interact with them, and they have to follow them, and then they feel an obligation to follow you back. So that's kind of how it works. So I would got to almost 1,100, and then I got to this limit. And then I got a plug-in for Google Chrome that automatically unfollowed everyone on Twitter. So... If you've gotten another friend request from me for any reason, that's why. Because I just unfollowed everybody. Because I didn't want to click 5,000 times or whatever. So I just unfollowed everyone. I started re-following people because I had wanted to add other people. We had a fairly uh, viral post that led back to an episode of the Rob Burgess show. So I wanted to promote that. But I was I was limited. But now I'm following all the people that interact with that post. Twitter has punished me steadily, steadily draining my followers. And it's noticeable and steady and deliberate. It's not all at once. It's like a predictable drain. 
uh, it's about eight or nine a day, maybe a little bit more. Since this has happened, I've been losing followers. Now, on the flip side, I'm, I'm sure I've followed some robots because, I, like I said, I'll follow anybody. Twitter has done a crackdown on bot accounts. You know, this was called a conservative lockout, probably because a lot of them retweet Russians, frankly. But, um, but I, I do that because I just, I will follow anybody. I don't care. Uh, whatever. Any, any interaction is good. So I try to keep that up. But anyway, they've stripped me, and now I'm down below 1,000. I'm at 991, and it's really disappointing. So <laughs> I would like to get back over 1,000 at least. So, if nine, ten more people could follow me on Twitter, that would be cool. But I think they're going to take more from me. So, we need to have like 20 people to stem the tide. On SoundCloud, we have 11,301 plays in total. In SoundCloud, I don't know how they do their calculations of, of what they do because I don't know if you listen through iTunes or Spotify, whatever, you know, wherever you get the podcast. I don't know if it counts it from there because I do run my RSS feed out of there. So I don't know if that's everybody that's ever listened to it in that just audio format or not. I'm sure it's missing some. It has to be. The problem is that iTunes doesn't have any numbers. They just have these charts. So I can see what the most popular episodes are, but they don't tell me how many times they were downloaded or listened to or clicked or, you know, for how long or any kind of metrics. I have 193 followers, so I could have more. SoundCloud's kind of a closed universe, though, so I'm not that upset about it. And 11,000 is pretty good. Uh, I'd like to get it up much more, of course, so definitely listen to the podcast if I haven't mentioned that already. You should really subscribe on iTunes. That's another thing. And you should give a star rating and leave a review because that helps people find the podcast. Okay, so the website is interesting. I have 31,000 or so views of that. This is pretty common. Most of my traffic is from Ukraine. I don't know why. I don't know if that's like where the Russians keep their hacking facilities that monitor the Rob Burgess show. Like just this week, I've got 117 clicks from Ukraine, 38 from the United States. And then it just goes Germany and India and whatever after that. But yeah, Ukraine, always up there. So, All right, so on YouTube, I have 5,261 views in total, 28 subscribers. That's pretty good. Again, it could be better. Subscribe, people. I know you all have a Google account. The robots look at these things, man. They know. Well, I think of the last time I had a solo episode, I was just going to find out what awards I had won at the Hoosier State Press Association, so I guess I should probably tell you about that, the exciting, dramatic conclusion. I won second place for best editorial writer for my time at the Kokomo Tribune. So yeah, I was on the Kokomo Tribune editorial board from June 27th of 2014 to February 2nd of 2017. That's the only award I've ever won for just straight editorial writing. I've run one for uh, column writing and story writing, but not for editorial. So that was, that was fun. And I also got second place for... Best news coverage under deadline pressure, along with the Kokomo Tribune staff, uh, for our coverage of the uh, August 24th, 2016 tornadoes in Kokomo. So yeah, now I'm an eight-time award-winning journalist, which is uh, pretty nice. So yeah, I've been at the Indiana Lawyer as the managing editor since uh, November of last year. Just thanks for listening, everybody. I mean, I guess I would do this if no one was listening. It'd be weird, but... 
you guys make it less weird. <laughs> I would just do this uh, to myself, and I'd just be talking to myself. Wouldn't even have a guest, pretend guest. Always re uh, read off what I've been listening to lately, and I found a very honest way of determining that uh, is that you can go back through if you're signed into YouTube and you listen to a song or watch a video, it saves it to a feed. So a very honest rendering of what I have watched while signed into my account in reverse chronological order. So this being like most recent to least recent, we have Lips Incorporated, Funky Town, the original, uh, I think it's the 12 inch mix because it's like almost eight minutes long. Ghetto Boys, Mind Playing Tricks on Me, Real Big Fish, Take On Me. Bahas, Bella Lugosi's Dead, oh, Save Ferris, The World is New, Save Ferris, Come on Eileen, Mirror in the Bathroom, The English Beat, The English Beat, again, with March of the Swivel Heads, which is the instrumental that plays in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, oh, Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, Detroit Rock City, Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, The Impression That I Get, Donna Summer, Hot Stuff, Donna Summer, I Feel Love, Anita Ward, Ring My Bell, Lafayette, Afro Rock Band, Hehache, uh, which I think there was a whole documentary about that, that or another like funk song that was in that time, uh, Toots and the Maytals, Pressure Drop, oh, Nikki Thomas, Lonely Feeling, I really love that song, Let's see, Ice Cube, Good Cop, Bad Cop, Yellow Man, Zunga Zung, Zunga Zung, Zung Zung, uh, Protégé, Who Knows, featuring Chronics. Dem Franchise Boys, I Think They Like Me. D4L, Laffy Taffy. 3-6 Mafia, featuring UGK, Sipping on Some Scissor Up. Project Pat, Chicken Head. Oasis, Supersonic. Oasis, Champagne, Supernova. Some Might Say by Oasis. Four Non-Blondes, What's Up. Till Tuesday, Voices Carry. Live version. 10cc, Not In Love, Let's See Earth, Wind & Fire, Boogie Wonderland, Ice Cube Friday, Dr. Dre featuring Ice Cube, Natural Born Killers, The Roots, 75 Bars, Dipset Anthems, Dipset Santana's Town, Casey and the Sunshine Band, Get Down Tonight, Disco, Disco Perfection Version, Always the Disco Perfection Version, Cool in the Gang, Jungle Boogie, another Disco Perfection Version, so it's super long, Jackson 5, Dancing Machine, Rose Royce, Car Wash, LaBelle, Lady Marmalade, Groove Line, Boogie Nights, Jesse's Girl, I was thinking about the Boogie Nights soundtrack, obviously, 311 Hive, Little Scrappy, No Problem, ODB, Brooklyn Zoo, Billy Joel, Tell Her About It, Iggy Pop, The Passenger, Tainted Love, The 12-inch Remix, Golden Brown, The Stranglers, De Commerçar, The Safety Dance, The Club Mix, The Long Version, Johnny B. Good, Peter Tosh, Kill a Cam, Cameron, Santana, featuring Jewel Santana, Uptown Girl, The Longest Time, Big Shot, Man and Me by Bob Dylan, Tenor Saw, Ring the Alarm, Dirty Money, UGK. So anyway, I think that's a pretty good mix. That's enough. But yeah, tell people about the show, subscribe, listen, thank you for listening, you're obviously listening to this. Hello Robin, congratulations on your 100th episode. Thank you. <laughs> do you feel super weird being the interviewee? I do. Interviewer? Yes, this is a total reversal of rules. It is. 
I have some really tough questions for you. Oh, goodness. I should have known. First question is, what gives you the right? Oh, boy. To... <laughs> I'm serious. What gives, what you, gives the right you the right to interview people? It's the Rob Burgess show. Who else would do it? And follow-up question, who do you think you are? Who do I think I am? <laughs> well, if I had to have one guess, I would say Rob Burgess, but... More seriously, though, I feel like as much as you enjoy interviewing people, you don't like to give away too much about yourself. You know, li you know little bits here and there, but... You don't do, like, a whole lot of just, you know, stories about Rob. It's not about me. But don't you think that people want to know? Sure, but let them keep wondering. Why Why spoil the fun? Well. A man of mystery? <laughs> if I'm going to interview you, you're going to have to let a little bit go, aren't you? Well, you're going to have to ask me more specific questions. All right. Well, <laughs> have you always been interested in doing, you know, interview format type of content? Yes, I'm glad you asked, Ash, because I used to sit across from my stuffed animals in my room as a child, and I would interview them nice. when I was supposed to be taking a nap, but I didn't, I didn't take a nap. Similarly to how you work on your podcast instead of sleeping. So, Sometimes. You know, yeah. I can always be sweet sleeping, though. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> Um, can you tell me what are some of your favorite um, interviewers? Interviewers like oh that you know, I just think are good at interviewing. Yeah, I'm not necessarily saying that these are like you're claiming to aspire to like be like them or anything, but mm -hmm. just you know you you enjoy and appreciate their work and they're the type of you know interview that you think is like really called for hmm I mean again I will never be these people but Terry Gross is an inspiration um, Mark Marin to a certain degree although I mean again like I would never I, I would he's very confessional and very like open about his you know personal struggles and I don't really like it's not my thing so much so well, but I, I, so I respect huge... that he does that but I like you know what I mean? I aspire to his level of like goodness at doing that, but I don't want to do that exactly. I think his his show, and it, I used to listen to it all the time, and I haven't lately. But I assume it's you know still similar. There's to one with Macaulay Culkin that's really good. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna. I may have to listen to that one. But at least back when I was you know listening to every episode, um, it's really very much about him. Even though it's also about whoever he's interviewing. He's kind of like a constant character in all of the narratives, whereas I feel like you are more interviewing and kind of holding yourself back a little. Would you think that's fair? <laughs> but are you saying holding yourself back in like a negative way? No, I, no, I mean, I, I realize holding yourself back sounds negative, but I just mean that, you know, it's a different style of presentation. Yeah, 
But Terry Gross is kind of like that too. She doesn't give oh, a lot. Oh, for sure. Like that was why when Mark Maron interviewed Terry Gross, it was very revealing because she's told a lot of things that we as listeners, like I didn't know that she had hitchhiked across the country as a, as a youth. And I didn't know that her husband is like a jazz music reviewer. No, and see, that was exciting to learn. And they always go like, out to eat. They never eat in. They always go out to eat every night. That's, you know, when you've really made it. <laughs> yes, you know. <laughs> but anyway, um, but I didn't know any of that about Terry Gross. She's a very reserved person, whereas Mark Marin is like, I know all the names of the feral cats that, like, feed outside his house or whatever. So, so we've got Terry Gross, Mark Marin, who else? I hate to say it because he's been disgraced, but I always liked Charlie Rose to a certain degree. Like, I always thought he, like, he was kind of like Larry King in that he kind of bumbles into, like, good things. Like, he just asks people that are famous enough just off-the-wall questions, and they just have to think of how they're going to respond to, like... Because, like, they're so... They seem so uninformed about what they're talking about. You know what I mean? Like, it's like... (laughs) You know, Larry King, like, read the Wikipedia page for, like... Uh, little bow wow five minutes ago and he's gonna like do an hour long interview somehow and he's like he's just gonna like tell me about this <laughs> like, like what's going on like anybody that has a passing familiarity with knows what they're gonna what should say but they're just so taken aback and having to answer certain questions I don't know do you remember that guy that made the Biggie and Tupac documentaries yeah. he's kind of like that like he like stumbles like he's just kind of a crazy person that stumbles into like unique situations and he stirs up some interesting do you things. think it's just kind of on their part a willingness to just sort of ask whatever question they can kind of well just i mean throw I, I just mean that like when you interview people that have been interviewed a lot you realize they've been asked certain questions a lot and it's because if you only have five minutes with this person, what are you going to want to ask them about? And it's always going to be like these like marquee, like five things that everyone knows about them sometimes. So if you get somebody that's like totally unfamiliar with them and just ask them like an off of the wall question they're not used to, they kind of have to like respond a little more like on, you know, cause like people have a script they go into if they've answered a question a million times. Sure. Sure. It's interesting though, that you would mention this because I feel like that's a, big difference from say terry gross who we know from at least what she says she'll you know i think just stay up for a few days and read every book that the person's (laughs) written you know in preparation she used to do that five days a week yeah all by herself so for her it's all about being entirely prepared but now we're talking about people who you're saying for them it's about just kind of on the spot yeah exactly mark Marin once uh requested an interview with kevin mcdonald from kids in the hall but there, there was an Irish director named Kevin McDonald, and he didn't realize until they showed up at his house. It was not he, the right one. He quickly had to interview Kevin McDonald, and then he interviewed the other Kevin McDonald. It was one episode. They were both on it. But anyway, he didn't realize that this other guy was. And so he just had literally had to like interview this guy, thinking that he was the guy from the kids in the hall, but he was just some Irish director. Now, how offended was that guy? To they didn't tell them out? in the moment. But later, I'm sure I, they listened to the episode sure. and, and, and learned that, you know, <laughs> he was like, he no wonder got, that guy seemed to have no idea who I was. He still got like a half hour interview. He was not very familiar with my work. No, absolutely not. It was still an interesting interview, but, you know. Wow. So, yes, that is two schools of thought, but I, I think that they're both valid and they're both good ways of, of asking questions, I think, some in their own ways, you know. Which would you say you lean towards? Definitely the Terry Gross side. So I try to be as I try to be as informed and scripted and yeah. 
I don't like to leave a lot to chance. Like, I'll over-prepare. Have you ever had an interview that, despite your preparation, went in an exciting and unexpected direction? Oh, every single one. Every one. Wow. Every one. But that's because there's some people that I have to only ask, like, one or two questions, and they will basically, like, fill the entire time and just go wherever they're going to go, and I just stand back and let it happen. So tell me about some of your favorite um, interviews that you've done. Not to say mm-hmm. that you didn't like everyone that you interviewed, but there have got to be some interviews that just, you know, took on a direction of their own or were just very inspiring, exciting. Just some of the highlights from these past hundred episodes. Yes. Well, of course, number one is, is the Ash Burgess episode. Obviously. 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 I mean, that's that goes without saying, of course. Yeah. You know. Everything else I'm saying is number two and beyond, so we've already covered number one, of course. But um, it's been exciting to expose Jonathan to the world. And how many episodes have you done together now? A lot. A lot, you've lost count yourself. It's somewhere, the Roman numerals are going to, I'm going to have to look them up what they mean now at this point. So, it's getting close to 20. So, you've been like 10, maybe, I don't know. I I, I haven't been counting. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, it's been it's fun to have him on. Um, who else was like? It's hard to say because there's certain people that like are more high profile that people would know, and it's been exciting because I've gotten to talk to them only because they're like well known. But there's other people that aren't as well known that I've been more excited to talk to that like are just kind of like. So I suppose it's you know two different kinds of excitement. One is the excitement of getting to talk to someone that people have a big interest in. Another right. would be the excitement of getting to kind of share someone that you've kind of discovered or know yes. with a wider audience, I suppose. Yeah. Like, I interviewed Martin Screlly, who is now behind bars, but while he was free <laughs> and committing crimes... <laughs> He uh, was a guest of the Rob Burgess show very early in the show. And I was very excited for that because a lot of people know who he's the farmer bro. A lot of people know who he is. I was excited for that. I I find him to be a completely fraudulent person. But, like, I'm excited that, like... Sure, sure. I'm not saying excited exci- as in... I wasn't excited. Like, like, I even wrote about him being a bad sure, person before sure. I talked to him. And I told him that when I talked mm-hmm. to him. But, like... I, w- I was excited that people would listen to that and then maybe listen to other things in my podcast. Yes, yes. So. Yeah, I don't mean excited as in, like, you necessarily loved the person you were interviewing or mm-hmm. fell in love with them due to their answers or whatever. I mean more exciting just as in, like, interesting things were talked about or, you know, what mm-hmm. a twist. <laughs> yeah, I like I like people that... How to say it exactly? Like I just like people that like they're like a thorn in people's side somehow. Like I just like people that like they don't they don't go for it. They just they're they're a, they're like they're a problem. So you want to talk to difficult individuals? Yeah, I want to talk to difficult people. I guess. Who are some difficult people that you haven't spoken to yet, but you'd love to speak to in the well, future? I don't know. So many people. <laughs> That's a but who question. who comes to mind? I don't know who comes to mind. Gosh, I don't know. Now, see, this is where you, as someone who likes to prepare, are probably feeling a little off-kilter because we didn't prepare for this interview at all. I'm just, you no, know. No, you're first on this. Yeah. How, how do you think I'm doing so far? Good. 
You're definitely putting me on the spot. <laughs> uh, I don't want to say because I don't want I don't like to tell who's going to be on my podcast before because I, I I also feel like sometimes when you put it out there you promise too much and then you know people, it doesn't come through and then I think you should only like. Okay, well let's take it in a direction where we're not going to be promising too much. Okay. Who is someone that is no longer with us in the sense that they have passed on that you would have loved to have interviewed oh wow well, from any I, any time period well, <laughs> now of course let's Anyone let's, let's skip over the died. like <laughs> let's skip over the obvious like oh god and jesus and all those that's kind of a gimme god. question god, you know let's let's talk himself. about people from the last you know a couple hundred years okay couple so a couple hundred sure just you know Hmm. People from kind of recent human history. I don't know. know. There's a lot of people. Abraham Lincoln. I'm sure he was an interesting guy. What would you have asked him? I don't know. (laughs) That's that's a big question. (laughs) What do you ask Abraham Lincoln? So many questions. So little time. I know. Exactly. Now, have you been invited to interview him? While he takes in, like, you know, some theatrical entertainment, because in that case, maybe, you know, steer away, but. Um. <laughs> yes, that's true. Depends on where it's going to happen. <coughs> Alright, so. You don't want to give too much away about who you'd like to be talking to in the future. Um. Would you ever consider a different format? A game Such show. As, well, <laughs> I was thinking more like, you know, television. Television. Or wow. Print media. Well, I, yeah. Okay. I see. I it's like kind of like a long form. Like, isn't there an interview magazine? Yes. Yes. That's kind of like a print media form of interview. This is true. People have asked for transcripts of the show before. Um, eh, I don't know. Do you think that there are certain advantages and certain challenges of the podcast format? Sure. I mean, it's like a lot of words that you'd love to use. Some of the things, but they just still have to type them. (laughs) Wait, so you're saying that there's words that... Well, you're talking about Interview Magazine, right? Sure, Which is basically sure. just transcripts of people talking. Yes, but no. No, I'm, I've, I've moved it's on it, from that question. Okay. I'm just, I'm, I'm asking, sorry. like, do you think that for the format that you are, in fact, using, do you think that there are certain great advantages to doing a podcast versus some other form? And yes. or any big challenges that you can imagine would be alleviated in a different format? Yeah, I love I love the length of podcasts. You know, when you're interviewing people for print media, you oftentimes have a very confined space, especially if it's for print. Um, there's only so many words you can put on a page. So you're restricted in that way, and you'll always have more stuff than you ever can use. But podcasts, you can just go on and on. So, I mean, that's good in that you can get everything out there. It's bad in that... It's hard to draw people to it because a lot of people don't know what podcasts are. You think that's still an issue? Yes. Absolutely. They're just 
most people don't listen to podcasts. It seems to me, though, that the people who do listen to podcasts tend to listen to a lot of podcasts. Yeah. Like, most of the people that I know that listen to podcasts, it's not like there's just one podcast they listen to. It's like they've got, you know, 20, 40 podcasts that they're, like, listening to actively and or mm-hmm. hoping to catch up on. Yes. Absolutely. Now, do you think that part of the reason you like podcasts so much is that you're a very audio type of person? Yes, I would listen to music from the time I wake up to the time I go to sleep if I could. And you tend to always ask people about what music they listen to. I always want more music. Yeah. So now is my time to ask you about what music you listen to. Well, you didn't hear it, but before we're talking, I went through my entire YouTube uh, history of what I've listened to while I've been signed into my well, account. Question answered. Question answered. All right, well, let's let's talk more just about you as a person then. Oh, what? Yeah. Okay, so. You seem to be relishing this too much. <laughs> okay, so we're talking about you now. Yes, we are. All right. So scene one in the Rob biopic, we have you interviewing your stuffed animals. Yeah. Where, where does young Rob go from there? Let's talk about the early years. <laughs> oh boy, what do you want to know? <laughs> um, where are you from? Where am I? Really? <laughs> I know where you're from, but I'm assuming that, you know... The... Didn't this come in the <laughs> mail-order husband catalog? <laughs> I'm assuming that the listeners you may the not have as much information about you as, as I do. Yeah. All right. I was born in Bloomington. Indiana. Indiana. And would you say that you Planet are... <laughs> would you say that, like, you're a very Indiana type of person, or would you say that you maybe aren't typical to the area? Like, what? how do you feel as far as... You know, some people have, like, a strong feeling, like, you know, born and raised in Iowa, and you're, like, it's like a big part of your identity are you you know is is being from indiana would you say that's a big part of your identity i mean i live in indiana i was born in indiana i've lived most of my life in indiana but if you were just describing yourself to someone would you be like you know i'm an indiana guy i mean i guess i kind of have to be in certain ways i mean i just it's too too much in me to so yeah, I'm not. Now, in case you have some listeners, which I know you do, who don't actually have much familiarity with Indiana, how would you describe Indiana? Because I found that people we should not live here, Indiana, so I shouldn't like. <laughs> I'm not asking you to say anything bad. I'm just saying, like, you know, just the kind of the tourist guide. Because I found that a lot of people who are not from Indiana have very little to no familiarity with what it's like at all. They're not sure. Is it the Midwest? Is it the South? Is that kind of like farm woodlands or... I I just think I've encountered a lot of people who just Indiana doesn't ring any bells for them. I mean, Indiana is a large, like, I mean, you got these hills in the South part, you got the farmland more towards where we live now. We grew up more in the hilly areas. I don't know. I mean, it's it's pretty... It's not the South, but it's... It's very influenced by the South, I think. 
It's not uncommon to see some Confederate flags around here. Even though Indiana was allegedly in the Union. But... Mm, very conservative, very Christian. Very... <laughs> I'm struggling for neutral words here. <laughs> I don't feel like I fit in, generally, here. But and I think that's pretty obvious. I mean, if you've ever heard me, any opinions I have about, like, anything. Sure, sure. But, of course, okay, you went to Indiana University. Yeah. And how was your time there? Well, I met you, so it was a success, I think. Successful spousal optimization mission completed. <laughs> I would not put that in our wedding vows. you. <laughs> but, sure. Um... Good. I mean, it was like always, I mean, my brother went there too. Obviously some, something around us said go to IU, probably our parents and everyone we knew, <laughs> probably because of IU basketball. Now, when you were a small child, did you assume that you'd be going to IU? Sure. So you just kind of always knew that's like probably where you were headed. Yeah, basically. Yeah. It's probably why I didn't like try harder, honestly. You just kind of knew that's where you were going. I was like, well, as long as I can get in IU, I mean, is it really that bad? <laughs> <laughs> Interestingly, though, IU has actually tightened their standards for um, in-state hmm. admissions. Interesting. So, yeah. Um... I mean, I didn't, I don't feel like I went to IU and majored in the right thing. Obviously, because I'm not like doing that at all now. So, but, but you did me. you did encounter some things of interest while you were there. Yeah, that, I, you know, helped to shape. Going back to yeah. our example of interviewing, you know, just just going in and bumping into things, you know, you'll, you'll eventually land on something. Well, sure. Or I mean, like for example, I mean, you encounter. Well, I guess you already knew Jonathan before you got to IU, didn't you? Sort of. Yeah, I didn't. But you, your your friendship kind of grew. We, we went to high school movies. together, and we were always, like, friendly. But I wouldn't say we were, like, really, like, close friends until, like, we went to college together. Because we both had been... We were one of the few people that, like, we, we both had known each other at I, at Mitchell. And we also went to IU, and we kept, like, knowing each other. Does that make sense? Like, I didn't, it does, like, but then I didn't know a point, lot of people from grew. Mitchell. Your friendship grew at some point. Like, there were other people from Mitchell that went to IU, but I didn't, like, hang out with them anyway. Sure, sure. So, like, Jonathan was one of the few people I knew from Mitchell that also went to IU mm -hmm. that, like, we both, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But that's that's actually interesting to me because I wasn't aware that you were just sort of acquaintances prior we, we, to We, you. like, we went to lunch a few yeah, times. I'm not saying you weren't friends. I'm just saying you weren't, like, I mean, close we friends. obviously knew each other well enough that after our freshman years, we, like, lived together for sure. four years. Right? So, I mean, like, mm -hmm. we were close enough that that was, like, a possibility. Would you say that there was a moment in your timeline where your friendship escalated to the next level because i have this theory about friendships hmm. which is that they're basically the same as a romance except you know in a non-romantic way <laughs> in the sense that you can always look back and there's like a moment where the relationship shifts 
from like well, acquaintance to as a friend, with, for example. I think a lot of people of our age group and younger probably it came through like video games, I think. Like communal video game playing. So so you have like a moment in your mind where you were communally playing a video Not game. Not a moment, but like I, I think that certainly like cements like you're like that's a place where men can be together and be like you know like <laughs> so you're like together playing yeah. video games and at one day you're just kind of like this is no longer an acquaintance this is a close friend no i don't think i, <laughs> I consciously thought that i'm not saying in the time you consciously thought that i'm saying <laughs> retrospectively you have that ability sure if i had my date book from from then and i had noted <laughs> no i'm I not saying that like i'm not saying you. that you like wrote in your diary like <laughs> you know September 5th, <laughs> friendship level up. I'm just saying that, do you, do you not agree with me that there's like yes, but I, a moment I, when, you know, a relationship shifts or when you realize that the relationship is already shifted is probably more likely, but it's like maybe yesterday you were acquaintances, but today you're best friends. Somehow it shifted. I don't know. We would, you know, we would hang out in his dorm room. And play video games. I mean, people would, you know. What sorts of video games did you play? Fighting. <laughs> Dead or Alive. Mortal Kombat. GoldenEye 007. For the N64. Oh, N64. And now, you don't really play video games anymore, do you? Who has the time? I think, I again, going back to the podcast, this is what I do instead of, like, play video games. Yeah, I mean, I suppose if you, like, weren't making a podcast or... Like, it's like, the fact that I'm to 100 episodes is like me reaching a high score on a video game. Kind of. Fulfills the same, exactly. like, brain need. I think you're afraid to tell me what the highlights are because you don't want to, like not mention anything that was exciting mm. but i'm not saying like that you don't like something you don't mention just i'm saying like what sticks out in your mind or just some some exciting moments that have occurred um okay i mean one exciting thing is to get to talk to people who i read or listened to or you know experienced in some way in the earlier part of my life mm -hmm. and it's like I never thought that I would get to like talk to them about how I felt when I hear heard that or read that or whatever that's been you know cool well when you were you know processing their things originally that was uh, as a stranger who was at that time in your life maybe not accessible to you yes. and to then have it be someone that you could actually speak with that's that has to feel amazing sure but it's not because they like but i want to stress that it's it's only because i find them interesting it's not because i think they're like oh i'm talking to a famous person because it like i could talk to like kathy lee gifford right now and she's super famous but like you know what i mean i'm just using her as an example i'm not trying to dunk on Kathy Lee Gifford. You have many very interesting things to say. <laughs> I'm sure she does. I'm sure she does. But I'm just saying, like, it wouldn't excite me to talk to her because she's famous. Sure, it's not like you're she just is a famous person. You're just like, oh my gosh, I get to speak with this famous person. What you're saying is that it's someone that did something that you were very interested in, but 
when you originally encountered their work, you weren't at a place mm-hmm. where you had access to like speaking with them. And so to then yes. be in a place where you're able to speak with them about the things that interested you is very mm-hmm. exciting. Like I read Nathan Rabin mm-hmm. when I was in high school. Yeah, and at that other, time you didn't Onion have AV access Club, to like and I never thought about your thoughts one day on I will this, have a podcast, you know. whatever that is. And I will I will talk to him for an hour. Exactly. So that's exciting because it's like I, like I, I didn't listen to Interpol and think one day I will interview the bass player that's playing right now about, you know, whatever. Sure, sure. But it must be interesting to be able to talk to someone that you've had you've had thoughts about their work that you didn't ever think that you'd have any possible opportunity to share. Sure, but it's not like in a situ- and not it's not like when you're interviewing them, you're just like, let me tell you what I thought about your work or whatever. But in a certain way, it's not fair to interview people like that, though, to them. You think just because you've been thinking about them for years and they've not really thought about you before until suddenly you're encountering them? I mean, the the bar, I mean, is pretty high, and you know, if you disappoint somebody, you've like ruined like. Years of there. True, true. Experience of you. I don't know. But I don't necessarily think to say that you thought about someone or you were interested in their work means that you idolized them necessarily. No, but like... There are not, people... It's a, it's a, there's a reason that like famous people generally only deal with famous people in a social way. Sure. But what do you want to ask me now? How do you feel like your interview is going? I feel like it's going okay. I feel like it's kind of derailed a little bit lately, but... <laughs> We can we can patch this up in the editing room. Yes, we'll fix it in post. On the cutting floor. We'll fix it on in post. All right. But what what will get us back on on track here? I just feel like um, you're not very forthcoming when it comes to talking about yourself. I mean, what do people really want to know, though? Um, I don't know. I mean, what do you think I'm keeping from people? Who's who's this Rob guy? Who's this Rob? I mean. Doesn't my work speak for itself? I mean, like, I feel like the questions that I ask should tell you a lot about who I am, right? That's a good point, yeah. That's a very good point. What would you like me to ask you about? I don't know. It's the 100th episode. 100 things about <laughs> <laughs> That's too many things. <laughs> Do you want me to try? Yeah, just uh, I, I just want to hear, like, a 100, right, like... <clears throat> Fun, random things about Rob. Alright. Alright, we're gonna do this. Okay. 100 things. Alright, 100 fun, random things about Rob. (laughs) Alright, my favorite color is green. My eyes are hazel. Um, I have a daughter named Emerald. I have a son named Captain. I have a wife named Ash. I have a dog named Spike. I have a cat named Willow. Um, We have been watching... The Great British Baking Show. <laughs> um, we have a Jeep. Um, let's see. I wrestled in junior high in one year of high school. Um, I have a scare- pair of skinny jeans from Christmas that really 
are very, um... They're too skinny. You can just say it. <laughs> we mercilessly mocked the tag because it said they came with a gusset and a crotch to make them bigger assets. But now, <laughs> it's like, you know, eat your words because... Yes. Okay. It's very, very skinny. Um, let's see. Uh, I have a birthmark above my belly button. Um... If you need help, I can ask you some questions. Please do. I'm only at 12. <laughs> Alright, ice cream or cake? Oh, uh, definitely uh, cake. Because what is your dark secret? Tell them you like least count as number 14. Yes. I do not like ice cream. Yes. Can't stand it. <clears throat> okay, go on. 14. Coffee or tea? Coffee. And how do you take your coffee? Black, but that's only because I forget to like... Also because I think creamer that's like usually offered in powder form is gross. But this is not like when you're just, you if know, there's milk or making like there's do. I'm cream. saying like, say you've gone to like a coffee shop and you can fix the coffee up however you want. How do you take it? I still take it black, but I probably should take it like <laughs> more different ways. Although I feel like the like... Half and half they have at uh, Starbucks that sometimes goes bad or something. I don't know. I don't really like... Are we going to tell me something about it? <laughs> so, just, so just black. Yeah, basically. I feel like sometimes you put things in your coffee. I try, but... So you haven't quite gotten it down yet. You're still experimenting. Black is pretty safe. No, even though you picked coffee, you do like tea. I do. I like the caffeine from coffee. I like the quick hit more. What's your favorite kind of tea? Real gray. And how do you take your tea? If, if I'm smart, I'll remember to put some milk and sugar in it. But it's not always available. Sure. But I'm not asking about availability, like what can you do? This is like your optimal scenario where like you Optimally, just... I would have cream and sugar every okay. time. Okay. Um, Coke or Pepsi? Doesn't matter. It's all. <laughs> it's all garbage. It's all horrible. It's all the worst. That's one thing you've done for me. I've I used to drink Coke and Pepsi all the time and go to McDonald's every day for lunch. It was ridiculous. If you, you could imagine. go, if you could go any place every day for lunch, where would you go? The problem is that you can't drink during the workday. Okay, well, we're not talking about so. like, what you can actually do. We're, this is like the fantasy where you can go anywhere. It doesn't matter where that place is actually located or what you know parameters of the workday or whatever. This is just like Rob can go anywhere he wants for lunch every day. Ooh, wow, okay. But it's okay. just one place and you're going to be going there every day. Either a good pizza place or... It's a good like hamburger place. Those are hard to find. But you don't have one specifically that you would pick, just a general. Maybe Five Guys. I don't know. I I wouldn't do that every day though. That would be a lot of grease. That would be a lot of grease and a lot of like peanut oil. <laughs> yeah. Some of us can't be around that many peanut shells. Yeah. Um. Chicken or fish. Probably chicken safer. Also, I don't know. 
Fish can get weird. Probably chicken. What's your favorite movie? Big Lebowski. What's your favorite song? I don't know if I have one anymore. Too many to pick from. I used to think I had one, but I don't think I do anymore. Have you ever flown on an airplane? <laughs> this is a real question. <laughs> well, haven't you ever seen those, like, I'm just trying to think of things I remember from those, like, tags. Have you ever seen those tags on, like, the internet? <laughs> it's like, have you hit a deer? Have you ever rode in an ambulance to the hospital? But I've, like, ridden on a plane with you. <laughs> yes, but we're pretending. This is for the benefit of people that don't know you as well. <laughs> Do you think I can't ask you a question you can, and I don't know I mean, the answer? Like, so you don't you only want me to ask questions that I don't know the answer to? This is the hard part about interviewing people. But here's the thing. You want me to not ask you anything that's like too intense, but you want me, your wife, to only ask you questions that I don't know the answer to. So like tell tell me about these questions that I can ask you. Just ask your questions. We'll I know, I'm just saying. Like, just try. I'm trying to ask you some nice surface <laughs> questions. <laughs> Alright, well, ask me, ask me like a deep answer. question or whatever. What do you want to know? I don't have anything in mind. I'm just saying. Like, what, what do I not know the answer to? But not everyone listening knows what you know. That Exactly, but that's, what I, that's the point that I was working from. But you were getting <laughs> mad because I asked you about the airplane and you were like, you know that I've been on there. There are people that haven't flown anywhere. But you could just say, I guess this would cut down on the number of questions you could ask, but like, you could just say, having been a person that's been on an airplane before, what do you not like about flying or something? <laughs> All right. Because that just assumes I've already been on an airplane, which most um, people would know that I've been on an airplane before. Sure, but I mean, you'd be surprised. There's some people that you think would have been on an airplane that haven't. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so okay. I've been on an airplane. <laughs> All right, now, if you were getting on an airplane tomorrow to go anywhere in the world you'd like to go, where would it be? Uh, Australia. And once you got to Australia, what would you be most excited to do? Just the highlights. Uh, swim in the coral reef. What else would you do? See a kangaroo. Would you just like to see the kangaroo or... Or would you avoid um, all the poisonous animals? But I was gonna ask some more questions about this kangaroo situation. Now, as a person who wants to see a kangaroo, you know, alive and hopping around and all that, would you also be a person who would like to eat some jump meat, or do you think that that would not be okay? Yeah, I think you'd eat jump meat. So you think that eating jump meat wouldn't feel weird to you because you're excited to see the kangaroo being alive? No, apparently they are a pest. <laughs> <A> scourge on <laughs> the nation. <laughs> And if they can feed people, why not? Dogs and cats eat kangaroo meat all the time. You can go into any gourmet uh, pet store in your local area and order jump meat for your dog or cat. But do you know, is there a reason why jump meat hasn't taken off for a food for Americans, just people? I don't know. Is it like, is it an issue of... It's probably not as flavorful. Trouble importing it, or is it like, is it too tough, or what's the... I don't know, you can't really like... I mean, kangaroos seem like they would be very muscular. I don't know if that's part of the problem. I don't know what the problem is, but like, apparently... <laughs> People just do weird out about it. I don't, know what the, I don't know what the problem is. I don't have a problem eating I eat cows and pigs. I'm sure they're perfectly nice, but 
I'm sorry, I need the protein. I don't weigh that much. Kangaroos seem more aggressive, maybe, than like a cow, though. Yes. They, I mean, I, I have that vision of, you know, the, like the boxing kangaroo. Yeah. That seems like it could be, like. Mm hmm. You know, that's why I'm thinking maybe they're very, like, sinewy or something. Maybe. Maybe that's why they're not delicious. I have no idea. Maybe. You could be right. Australia oh. seems to have a developing wine region, too. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, go to Australia. What kind of animal would you least like to encounter in Australia? Anything that could kill me with its deadly venom. But most of them are there, though. <laughs> but that's not all of them. But many of them are there. Alright, ask me some more personal questions. Okay. Um... Sweet or salty? I mean, eating gummy bears over here, so. But that's not very typical of you. I would um, say you're typically more of like a chips type of a guy. So that would be salty, wouldn't it? I guess so. Although you do like Sour Patch Kids and things like that. You don't usually just randomly buy those to snack on. I think they affect me too much. The sugar. Or just the, the sour? Acidity. Who knows what it is? Chemicals? Probably. They're very highly colored. <laughs> very easy to overdo it. Um... Would you rather have it be too hot or too cold in your house? Too hot. What's your favorite time of year? Later, April, early May. So kind of like the week of your birthday? Pretty much. What's the best birthday you've ever had? I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying it has to be like all the other birthdays were terrible, but just like there aren't any birthdays that like kind of stick out for you. No. I'm not really like, I don't know, I've never been a birthday person. Although apparently the week of your birthday is your favorite time of year. Yeah. Suspiciously enough. It just is a good time of year. You mean because it's like your birthday, people are giving you presents and calling you on the phone. <laughs> No, actually not. Exactly so just, in spite of it. So just the weather? Yeah, the weather, the expectations. All the summer's ahead of you. The expectations yeah. to be showered with gifts and cake? I'm sorry. <laughs> Are you trying to like prove a case or something? <laughs> no. No, I'm just... <clears throat> I mean about your best birthday like it doesn't have to be like this was the one birthday to rule the other it's just a birthday you have a special memory about like for example with me I would say when I was four a horse came to my birthday party I didn't know the horse was coming I was delighted when the horse showed up it was very exciting I mean I don't like ice cream so this is, this is very difficult for me so what you're saying is that you associate birthdays with ice cream and that's I mean don't you <laughs> 
Yes, but I love <laughs> ice cream, so it's not like a problem. Well, there for you me. go. I mean, maybe I should have a better attitude about birthdays, but I just don't. It's not my thing. What is your thing as far as holidays? Thanksgiving. What's your favorite thing about Thanksgiving? Food. Favorite Thanksgiving food? All of it. I don't know. I don't really have a favorite. I mean, turkey's great. Turkey with stuffing is great. Turkey with stuffing with cranberry sauce is great. Like, it's just, it's all good. It's all fits together. So they had those, like, Thanksgiving sandwiches over there. What's your favorite TV show? What genre? Just what comes to mind. I watch different TV shows for different reasons. Okay, well, let me put it to you this way. How many times would you say you've seen the American Office? How many times have you seen the American Office? I need you to answer the question, then I'll... <laughs> I don't know. I can't answer that question. But you would admit that we've seen it a surprising number of times? It's a very watchable show. I haven't tried to watch it lately. I'm not accusing you of anything. I'm trying to, you know, explore who, who, who do you think you are. Okay. What gets you there? Okay. I mean, I don't know because I haven't seen every TV show and I feel weird about saying what's my favorite because maybe my favorite. Okay, current favorite. Current favorite? Mm. I don't know. <clears throat> I mean, I guess the Sopranos. I'd say followed closely by the office. Mm. And I'm including like British and American. As a single mm -hmm. unit. Mm. Alright, what's the best liver of them here? There's not that much difference, but I like the red. Each one is a unique flavor, Rob. <laughs> Did you know? Now, these are not. The real traditional gummy bears, but in real traditional gummy bears, the green ones are actually strawberry flavored. Hmm. I discovered that a couple years ago and it blew my mind. I lived my entire childhood not realizing that, but yeah, the green ones are strawberry. Why would they do that? I don't know. I feel like we need to talk about something more exciting in our Yeah, what are we going to talk about? What do you want to talk about that would be the most exciting? I don't know. It's episode 100. Is 
If you could have 100 of anything delivered to you right now, what would it be? Pizza. 100 pizzas? Yes. Who'd be eating pizzas? Me. Just 100 pizzas for us? You know. That's a lot of pizza, though. Yeah. It's a pizza party. What are your favorite pizza toppings? I like all of them. I can't think of anything I don't like on a pizza. I can. What? You hated that eggplant pizza we had that one time. Yeah, it wasn't so good. I guess maybe not eggplant. But I'm you like you like anchovies. I'm talking about yeah, sure. I'll take you like pineapple. Yeah, I'll find some. You like hot peppers. Sure, absolutely. What's like the weirdest thing that you like on a pizza? I just like greens on pizza. Green peppers. I would even take some green beans. Who knows? I think that wouldn't be good. Weren't there green beans on the pizza in Back to the Future Part 2? Yeah. And they rehydrated it. They had the green beans on. I don't know how to rehydrate a pizza.
If you enjoy this podcast, there are several ways to support it. Join the Rob Burgess Show mailing list. Go to tinyletter.com forward slash the Rob Burgess Show and type in your email address. Then respond to the automatic message. I have a Patreon account, which can be found at patreon.com forward slash Rob Burgess Show Patreon. I hope you'll consider supporting in any amount. Also, please make sure to comment, follow, like, subscribe, share, rate, and review everywhere the podcast is available, including iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Facebook, Twitter, Internet Archive, TuneIn, and RSS. The official website for the podcast is www.therobburgessshow.com. You can find out more about me by visiting my website, www.thisburgess.com. And if you have something to say, record a voice memo on your smartphone and send it to therobburgessshow at gmail.com. Include voice memo in the subject line of the email. Until next time.